0: Welcome to the I Believe Podcast, an Acure Insight production, brought to you by Castle Biosciences. I'm your host, Danae Peterson, a fellow ocular melanoma survivor. Here on the podcast, we'll be sharing information and insights on treatments, research, and living with ocular melanoma. Castle Biosciences is a proud sponsor of this I Believe Podcast. Castle Biosciences tests are designed to provide clinicians precise and personalized tumor information for the benefit of patient care. If you would like more information about how CASEL is transforming the treatment of eye cancer, visit castletestinfo.com.
1: Our next speaker is going to be Dr. John Pino. He has been providing primary eye care for 36 years. As a clinical director of one of the largest optometric practices in Tennessee, Dr. Pino focuses on providing the latest technology to his patients. He is a member of both the American Optometric Association and the Tennessee Optometric Association. Dr. Pino is also a fellow of the International Academy of Low Vision Specialists, an elite group of only 39 professionals worldwide. He is passionate about helping people regain their ability to perform certain visual tasks like driving, reading, and watching television. Dr. Pino also holds a PhD in the field of nutrition. He places great emphasis on the importance of nutrition with his patients. As a cancer survivor, he is passionate about empowering people to live healthier and happier lives. He is also a professional health coach, and he enjoys lecturing and doing research in the field of nutrition. Dr. Pino and his wife, Rhee, and his dog, Happy, reside in Lebanon, Tennessee, which is where he practices. So can we please give a warm welcome to Dr. Pino? Uh,
2: Hi, I'm, I'm Mike. Everybody can hear me okay? Great. Walk around. Well, it's a privilege and an honor to be with all of you today. We have a great looking audience. Goal today is to give you hope and encouragement. Is that better? So my goal today is to give you hope and encouragement, either for yourself or for a family member that's been dealing with ocular melanoma or even another form of cancer. Because as a cancer survivor. I understand the emotional roller coaster that many of you've been going through. But before we get started today, I want to have a little fun. Everybody like Jeopardy? Let's play a little game of Jeopardy. How about it? Just a quick game. All right, so as she mentioned, I am from Lebanon, Tennessee, which is a historical town about 30 miles east of here. So I'm going to ask a question, and when you answer the question, you cannot say it out loud. Just like on Jeopardy, you have to hit the little dinger. Since you don't have a dinger, you've got to raise your hand, okay? So, whoever raises their hand first, I have a prize for you, okay? And you may want to even answer what is, like they do on Jeopardy. You don't have to. So, here's the question What famous restaurant? was founded in Lebanon, Tennessee a little over 50 years ago. This lady back here had her hand up first. You are correct. Let's give her a hand. Somebody needs to talk to her. So here is a gift certificate to Cracker Barrel. Now you have to go. All right, so as a low vision specialist, the question that is asked many times to me by patients is, what is low vision? And that's a very good question, because there's very many ways to answer that question. But the best way to answer that question is, it's the inability to be able to do things, such as drive read, watch TV, things that we all take for granted. So many of my patients have either a low-level ability to perform these tasks or sometimes not at all. So we're going to talk today about how we can get to that point where we can help people get back to doing these everyday visual tasks that many of us take for granted and also talk about the main cause of low vision for many people. So the most common cause of low vision patients that come see me is age-related macular degeneration. And if any of you are not familiar with what that is, that is a central vision problem that happens mostly as we're aging that that, uh, affects the central vision area. Normally, a person is still going to have ample peripheral vision uh, with macular degeneration. But Macular degeneration is on the rise. In fact, it's estimated that between 11 and 15 million people today are suffering with macular degeneration in the US. And that may be a conservative figure. And it's also expected that by the year 2050 that that number is supposed to double, which is a little scary. So what can we do to take steps to prevent this? And many of you who maybe have suffered with ocular melanoma, this is possibly the number one issue that could that you could have to deal with in the future. So look, we need to uh, address this. But of course, we want to you know try to live healthier, and that includes, of course, exercise, a better diet, seeing your eye doctor regularly. If you don't see your eye doctor regularly, then you're you're not going to know what's going on, so that is very important. And of course, taking high-quality supplements. So let's talk about if you have had ocular melanoma and you're dealing with one healthy eye. Your other eye is very normal. So what do we do to maintain that? Well, first of all, as a cancer survivor myself of 22 years, uh, I can tell you that prayer meditation is a big part of my life, and I would hope that that is part of your journey as well. But also, just again, having regular eye exams is so important. And then, of course, wearing sunglasses. We have to protect ourselves from harmful UV rays from the sun. Also, wearing safety eyewear. If you're a person that likes to work in the yard, and you're gardening, you're weed-eating, you're mowing... You want to always have, you know, protective eyewear on. If you, if you have one healthy eye, you've got to do everything possible to take care of that because accidents happen, and I see them all the time coming into my office. Proper nutrition, of course, uh, just keeping a, a whole food diet. You know, we're a fast food society today, and I really believe that one reason why we see so much cancer and heart disease and diabetes is because we're not paying attention to what's going into our bodies. So we have to start really paying attention and, and looking at uh, labels and and trying to go back to the basics uh, and, and try to stick with whole foods. If you're not sure what whole foods are, Fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and healthy animal products. And you go into many grocery stores now and you don't find many things that fall in that category. So it's time to start paying attention to that. Also, eye vitamins are very helpful. Anybody who's dealing with macular degeneration uh, probably knows about eye vitamins. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in detail shortly. If you don't have to wear glasses, if you have normal vision in that other eye, it's still a good idea to maybe wear some non-prescription eyeglasses just to give yourself protection. You never know when something's going to happen. You're in your office, you're at home, somebody throws a pen across the room, boom. I've seen freaky things happen. I've had patients come in who, you know, were driving and they had their window down. A bug flies in and it hits their one good eye. You just never know. Blue light blocking lenses. This is fairly new uh, in our age of technology. And if you uh, have a regular eye doctor, which I assume you would, you can ask them to prescribe blue light blocking lenses. This is uh, going to help block blue light from any computers or uh, cell phones or laptops. We don't really have a great deal of uh, research and evidence to back this up, but it's a possibility, and why not? Why take the chance? Regular exercise is important, of course. Not everybody likes to hear that, but uh, there are actually studies that confirm that people who are more active have a less chance of macular degeneration, or at least it progressing. And then, of course, if you're a smoker, I encourage you to please stop. There's a very strong correlation between macular degeneration and smoking. In fact, there's about a 40% increase of people who smoke or who have smoked in the past of developing macular degeneration. So, this is a vitamin that many of you might be familiar with. It's called Preservation ARIDS 2. It's, I would imagine, the most popular uh, eye vitamin on the market simply because it's been around the longest. Bosch and Lom developed this back in the 90s. You see the labeling says ARIDS 2, and that basically stands for Age Related Eye Disease Study. And the 2 stands for number 2 study. They did two major studies. In this second study, this is when they added two key ingredients. And one of those is called lutein. Has anybody ever heard of lutein? Okay. And the other one is called zeaxanthin. And Lutein and zeaxanthin are the two main macular pigments. They're very, very important. We need them to have healthy vision. So that's why it's recommended to take an eye vitamin if you're dealing with macular degeneration or you maybe even have a family history to do it as a preventative tool. This is another vitamin that I'm fond of called Tozol, and many people are not familiar with Tozol like they are Preservation or many of the other over-the-counter brands, simply because Tozol, uh, up until about two and a half years ago, was the only eye vitamin that was only available by prescription. Uh, you can now get Tozol without a prescription, it's not over-the-counter, but you can have uh, your eye doctor either order it for you or you can also actually get it on Amazon. One thing I like about Tozol um, over some of the other brands is that Tozol is a little bit more complete. It does have omega-3 fish oil built into it. And because of the nature of the way it's made, I believe that it's easier for the body to absorb. And absorb absorption is so crucial for... Vitamins, whether you're taking eye vitamins or any type of vitamin, that's the whole idea. You want to absorb the nutrients to uh, uh, address the problem at hand. So let's talk about what foods we find lutein in. Lutein is most abundantly found in your dark green leafy vegetables. Uh, Kale and spinach are at the top of that list. Not everybody's a fan of these types of foods. So if you're not, then maybe even more reason why you need to take your I vitamin if you're a meat and potato guy. But uh, there are other foods that contain lutein such as romaine lettuce, corn, bell pepper, parsley, pistachios, and egg yolks. Maybe I'm hitting some of those foods that that, uh, some of these folks that don't like greens will uh, include in their diet. The other um, pigment that I mentioned earlier, the zeaxanthin, is located more in the central part of the macula. And this is also found in some green foods like spinach and broccoli and romaine lettuce. But you're mainly going to find it in your yellow and orange foods because it's a yellow and orange pigment. So we find it in orange peppers, uh, yellow peppers as well, and squash, pumpkin, and those sorts of foods. I'm a big fan of omega-3 fish oil. I actually take omega-3 fish oil every day myself. Omega-3 fish oil has a a one-two punch. Uh, It it has two components. One is called EPA and one is called DHA. And EPA is the anti-inflammatory component of fish oil. So we have to remember that most any disease that we're dealing with is inflammation-driven. And so you get that... Uh, anti-inflammatory process going on with fish oil. And then the other component is called DHA, which addresses neural tissue, which affects the eye and the brain. We all need brain help, right? Okay. So uh, I'm a big fan of of not only using omega-3 fish oil for myself, but also recommending for my patients uh, because it does uh, provide uh, more support for the retina. So these are some driving tips for those of you or maybe some of your family members who are dealing with one eye. And many of you may already know some of these things, but it doesn't hurt to review them. But if you're right eye blind, then try to stay in the right lane of a freeway. That way you don't have to deal with traffic as much on your blind side. If you're left eye blind, try to stay in the left lane of the freeway. Now if it's a two lane, do not stay in the left lane, okay? Let <laughs> right, me make that clear. Right. Um, but uh, th- these can be some helpful tips, helpful hints. Try to familiarize yourself with routes before you're going to travel, whether you're going to church or you're going to the grocery store. This is always very helpful to know ahead of time where you're going to be going so you can plan uh, where those landmarks might be. Constantly turn your head to the, to the blind side. If you have field loss on one side or the other, just turning your head's going to help in, increase that. And then utilize the technology that our vehicles provide now. Uh, we have all these bells and whistles like cameras and sensors, and this is wonderful. And of course, now cars will even drive for us. I haven't quite embraced that yet for myself. <clears throat> And then, of course, we have extension side mirrors. These are extra side mirrors that you can have placed on the side of your car that go further out to give you more peripheral vision area. You just have to be a little careful, though, if you're going to put extension mirrors on uh, when you park, because if you go in a narrow parking space, you've got to uh, kind of maybe squeeze in because you're going to have more side mirror on that uh, car and uh, be careful with that. So when we have one eye we're dealing with, of course there's going to be a loss of depth perception. And I know this can be frustrating, but it's okay. Many people for many years have been functioning just fine with one eye. People work fine, they drive fine, they function well in society. You just have to be more aware of your surroundings. and you have to you know, turn your head to the blind side, whether you're driving, walking, running, and then make full use of your co-pilot or whoever's in the car with you. And I understand none of us like a backseat driver. But when you're dealing with one eye, I would encourage you to embrace that. And then, of course, visual cues that have been provided for us, reflectors, and stripes, that's what they're there for. Take advantage of those. And then if this is a first time uh, for, for you to maybe uh, in driving with one eye, I would encourage you to, before you go out into the road, go practice in parking lots, maybe school parking lots where there's um, no you know, after-school hours where there's no traffic. And you can practice driving and parking as well. So now, let's look at this scenario where we're dealing with two healthy eyes. Maybe you have an ocular melanoma, and you have a family member who has ocular melanoma, and the other eye was already compromised, either from maybe cataracts, or loss of vision from glaucoma, or macular degeneration, or maybe it was amblyopic, meaning that they had a lazy eye at a young age. So now, we step in with low vision devices. And many people, unfortunately, will go to their eye doctor and they leave um, quite depressed because they're told that there's nothing else that can be done. Well, I can tell you that um, 90% of the time we can help people who have devastating low vision. So here's the first device that I'm gonna show you called a bioptic telescope. And I'm actually gonna put one on so you can see me with this on as well. And bioptic telescopes are designed to allow you to be mobile. Whether you're driving, walking, golfing, fishing, a lot of different activities can be performed with with bioptic telescopes. So if a person is driving with a bioptic telescope, they're going to be looking through this lower area called the carrier lens. And when they want to see a sign or a traffic light, they just dip into that upper area. So I can turn and look at you know, anything. I can see the man sleeping in the back row. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Okay. But most states actually have what are called bioptic driving laws, which means that if you cannot drive legally with standard glasses or contact lenses, then if you can reach a certain level of vision with a bioptic telescope, then you can drive legally. Of course, there are usually restrictions that are um, that come along with that. So this is one reason why many people come to see me is because they either want to drive again or they just want to be more confident with their driving. So now I'm going to show you another type of bioptic, and this is this is a wide angle lens bioptic, and I actually prescribe this more than most of the other devices, mainly because it gives the patient a larger field of view, and you can, it can do more things with it, it's more versatile, it can actually sit and watch a big screen TV anywhere from 8 to 20 feet away, as well as, you know, drive with it. Uh, So, wide angle bioptics are quite popular in my office. This is just another type of uh, bioptic similar to what I just had on here. This is called a full diameter telescope. This is for people who are not mobile. Maybe they uh, have some other health issue, which doesn't allow them to to drive or to be mobile, but they just want to be able to enjoy watching television. They want to maybe go to a movie or You know, just riding in the car with somebody be able to see scenery or sit on their porch and enjoy nature. So this has a little bit wider field of view than than even the bioptic telescope. This is called a telescope for reading. It it, it actually is an adjustable telescope. It's not really designed where you're going to sit and read a novel, but it is helpful for people who want to use it to look up small numbers on prescription bottles and that sort of thing. And this is uh, a low vision telescope device that's fixed for a certain distance. We can actually design a telescope uh, depending on what that patient wants to do, whether they want to play cards, or they want to sew, or do some woodworking, so we can set that for a certain distance. This is called a clear image microscope. It looks a little more normal, uh, but microscopes are very powerful. They can only be worn on one eye. Uh, This... Picture is really not accurate because microscopes are so powerful that when you use one, you have to hold your material about two inches away. So, this lady's holding this out for us so that we can see the the microscope on her face. But this uh, is very helpful for people who have really extreme problems. And believe it or not, many people do. If they want to read bad enough, they will use something and they'll read at that distance. This is also a reading telescope for somebody who has one eye uh, that would be set for a different distance. And then this is called a prism reading lens. This is the most common type of reading lens that I prescribe. And they come in a variety of different powers. And what we're doing with prisms, and actually what we're also doing with telescopes, is we're actually tapping into the peripheral vision. That's how we're getting around, you know, Uh, this central vision area that's getting in the way of what people like to do. So we have different powers. Of course, the stronger the power, the closer the patient's going to have to hold their reading material. But uh, prisms can be used for everyday reading. Uh, People, you know, many times come in and say, I just want to be able to read my Bible. And so they, you know, many times will end up with a prism lens. But none of these Reading devices are going to work well unless we have good lighting. Lighting is crucial, especially for people who have macular degeneration. So this light on the left called the Ott Light, in my opinion, is second to none. It's, It's a very unique light. They've been around, actually, for quite a while. But it's probably the closest thing you can find to natural light outside. And the fact that It's flexible because when a person's going to read with a low vision device, the light needs to be as close as possible to what they're reading. That is very important. The closer the light, the better. So these have a flexible arm that they can pull over. You can also get these in a desktop version. So if you're sitting at a desk, you know, writing checks or even if you just want to sit at a desk and read, you can do that as well. You can get hot lights at at Joann's Fabric Stores because women who do crafts and sew will tell you there's nothing better than an eye light. So you can get those at Joann's. You can also order them off Amazon. The other light called the Larry's Light, I'll show you. These are very handy for when you're going to be out of the house, going to a restaurant, going to church. They're very, very bright. They have about nine little LED lights in a row, and they're very, very helpful for those times where you're in low-lit places. Uh, So we have to incorporate lighting into uh, helping people with low vision as well. This is called the eScoop. The eScoop is a very unique lens. It was developed about 20 years ago by a doctor in Holland, and it, it's unique in the fact that it, it's, it has a prism built into it. It also has a very unique curvature to the back surface as well as the color. So this can be very helpful for people who maybe are not as advanced in low vision, people in that 20 to 40, 60 range who are just a little annoyed by their vision. So uh, many times people do very well with this. And it also helps with low light conditions as well. This is called a reverse telescope. This is just the opposite of a telescope. So if you've ever taken a pair of binoculars and then you turn them around and you look through them, instead of everything being magnified, everything looks further away. Well, basically, when you do that, you're actually expanding your field of vision. This is very helpful for people who have peripheral vision loss. Maybe they have advanced glaucoma or they have retinitis pigmentosa where they have tunnel vision. So this can help them maybe see more than one person at a time, maybe go to a play and see more of the stage. It can be very helpful in those situations. And then this is called ORCAM. ORCAM has been around for probably seven or eight years. ORCAM is is not really what I call a visual device. It's an auditory device. It actually tells you what you see. So this is for people who unfortunately have reached a point where low vision devices won't help them anymore. So this is a little camera that sits on the side of your glasses that will tell you what you see. It will read to you. It can be programmed so that you can, you know, look at your wife or your grandmother or your child and it'll tell you who you're seeing once you've programmed those faces into it. So it can be very helpful for people that uh, have reached that point. So as you can see, there are many devices, and I haven't covered probably (laughs) a third of them, probably not even that many, but there's a lot of technology, and it's continually improving and moving forward very quickly. So never lose hope. Because I I truly believe that in the next 10 years, people that thought they would never be able to see will be able to see. And um, I just want all of you to uh, feel free to ask questions later on and also always be doing research because you can find a lot of these things online and uh, there's, there's just amazing technologies out there. So at this point, I want to thank you for being such a great audience. And we will go ahead and take questions at this time. There's really not a strength, okay, when you see like... Preservision. Uh, now, preservation does have different forms, like they might have a multivitamin, or and they might have, you know, another one that's that's integrated with something else. But if you look for the one that says Areds two on it, that's what you want. Okay.
1: The wired one does anybody in here have any questions so far yes That's okay how are the
3: how are the, the, the bi bifo- or binocular telescope glasses if you already wear bifocals do you need to get the different carrier lenses or are they just something you can add on if you already have progressive lenses whether it's bifocal trifocal or whatnot
2: so so your question is if you're wearing a bioptic telescope can you have a bifocal in there? Yes, you can. So so this area at the bottom called the carrier that's that's where your distance RX is going to be. You can we can also put a bifocal in there. Now, we have to keep it fairly low because there's not going to be a whole lot of room, okay? But yes, that can be done. Is that, does that answer your question?
1: Okay. okay, we have another one over here, Dr. Pino. Good morning.
2: Uh, many of us have radiation retinopathy. Does that completely mirror the age-related macular degeneration? Because the treatment, as far as I understand, is pretty much the same. I get shots of triessence once the Avastin stopped working every eight weeks for the last six years. Well, you still have central vision loss, right? I have, I have, I have peripheral on my bad eye. Mm-hmm. I don't have right that cap over. Yeah. So, so what you're dealing with still mimics just like somebody who has age-related macular degeneration. That's what I was wondering. Is it yes? And the treatment will remain the same. So yes. So what we've talked about, you know, I, if you came into my office, you know, I would show you the same types of devices to help you with your issue yes mm-hmm. yeah driving. i still prefer the left lane even though it's my right <laughs> eye because i do have peripheral right yeah i yes i do crane a little bit right
1: does anybody else have anything they'd like to ask do we have any online questions suzanne okay well at this time i'd like to introduce dr reichstein up here real quick
3: um i I 'm up here really just to thank uh, Dr. Pino for what I think is a really amazing talk. Most of uh, my training does not overlap with what Dr. Pino does, and so this was actually really eye opening for me so i no pun intended no pun intended. The eye jokes they never get old the um the um, I actually learned a ton. I would echo um, what Dr. Pino said is that there really is hope right, for patients with one eye or patients with low vision. And the fact that we're learning more and the fact that we have speakers like this and dedicated doctors like Dr. Pino out there, I I think the the hope is even more broad than it ever was before. So thank you so much for being here. Thank
0: Thank you so much for joining us today on the I Believe podcast, brought to you by Castle Biosciences Please be sure to subscribe, and if you're so inclined, send this episode over to friends, family, and share on your social media to help spread awareness around OM. If you have a moment, leave us a brief review or consider making a donation to the links in the show notes to keep our podcast going. Feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Acure Insight. We'll see you next time on the I Believe podcast.